Time is the great equalizer. Sometimes when diamonds are birthed too swiftly, their luster can be hard on virgin eyes, or in the case of music, virgin ears. Sometimes its wildness and unrestrained momentum can be off-putting and misunderstood. And when a band comes around that refuses to paint by numbers, refuses to kowtow to present-day fads and hooks, boldly choosing to reside outside of the box, the toll the band usually pays is permanent obscurity and or lasting ridicule. It's a daring move and only something I would recommend to people made of stronger stuff. It's hard to live with when you stick to your guns and invest your emotions, hopes, and dreams into something as personal as music, only to get it rebuffed and mocked. However, sometimes, and I can't stress the word sometimes here enough, but sometimes, on that rare occasion, a band needs about 10 to 20 years for people to actually quote-unquote get it, for the music to marinate in people's psyches and the general atmosphere to acclimate to their resonance. There are only a handful of bands I can use as examples, and one of them is St. Vitus. St. Vitus, formed in Los Angeles, California in the late 70s, is widely known for laying down the blueprint of what is now referred to as Doom Metal. Obviously, they took their name from Black Sabbath's St. Vitus's Dance off of Volume 4, and Sabbath, along with Blue Cheer and Judas Priest, are main influences. What is interesting about the St. Vitus legacy is their almost immediate association with SST Records, a label owned by the guys from Black Flag, Greg Ginn and Chuck Dukowski. Of course, nowadays, it means little that the two distinct heavy music entities worked and associated together. Most genres and scenes in heavy music mix and mingle seamlessly today, but in the early 80s, these factions punk rock and heavy rock were in two divided camps. So it is a testament to the focus and resolve of the members in Black Flag and St. Vitus and further proof of their outsider viewpoint and conduct that the two factions worked together and together released legendary albums, highly regarded. Only finally now, like the self-titled St. Vitus debut, Hallow's Victim, Born Too Late. When I was a kid, and started to get into Black Flag and look further down the SST rabbit hole, I got into the Meat Puppets and the Minutemen, but I must confess that I was only aware of St. Vitus when I'd get my hands on SST catalogs. This was well before the internet age, eons before file sharing, so in order to sample St. Vitus, I had to throw down hard-saved money. I couldn't just log onto a YouTube clip. So when I finally started to familiarize myself with their tunes, the band was dwindling down, or had dwindled down, and the St. Vitus spark was pretty much blown out. And while what followed was a period of hibernation, happening in tandem, and unbeknownst to the band themselves, was a second gestation period, as heavy music expanded and became a global phenomenon that was now spanning generations, new people started to get turned on to the band from following their own rabbit holes. The word on St. Vitus spread, and to me, it seemed that their legendary status was instated overnight, maybe due to an eagerness to right the wrongs of the past. All this newfound popularity prompted reunions. that culminated into 2012's 
Lily F65. If St. Vitus is known best for their song Born Too Late, there is a very strong argument that can be made that St. Vitus was actually born way too early. It seems only now their brand of rock is being understood and appreciated. They still have a lot more to do, too. As is evidenced now, in 2016, St. Vitus are rejuvenated and ready to take on the world with a newly released live album on Season of Mist, simply called Live Volume 2 taken from the 2013 recordings of their European festival tours. Now, it can get a little confusing delving into the St. Vitus world when it comes to their singers. Stay with me on this. Currently in their lineup is Scott Riegers, who was their original singer on their first two recordings from 1979 to 1986, and came back to rejoin the band in 1995, and then rejoined again last year in 2015, and is still in the band currently touring. However, singing on the new live album, Live Volume 2, is Scott Wino Weinrich, and it is Wino's stay in the band that is largely regarded as the high point in the band's career. Wino stayed on for three albums until 1991. Then he rejoined in 2003, and then again in 2008. He is currently not in St. Vitus, but as you will hear on the episode, there are no hard feelings and everyone is in good standing with each other. It doesn't help that the two notable singers were both named Scott, and both went in when the other one went out, so it can get a a little bit confusing, and for me, it's become a lot confusing. Anyways, we had the ultimate pleasure of playing alongside St. Vitus last year at the Rock in Vienna Festival. That day, Muse played, as did Incubus. But I really just wanted to see Turbo Negro and St. Vitus. When we arrived backstage and unloaded our bags and stuff, the first person to walk in and greet me, a hello, was none other than Dave Chandler of St. Vitus himself. How cool is that? We got to hang out a bit, and we watched their set from side stage. When you see pictures of St. Vitus, Dave is the dude with the bandana around his head. He definitely leaves quite the impression in photographs. There are only a few people in rock and roll that embody the music upon first sight. I'd count Lemmy, uh, Keith Richards, Iggy Pop, Paul Stanley as the star child, Tony Iommi, and David Lee Roth as some who, who do, but don't forget Dave Chandler. That dude used to scare the hell out of me. And now, I get to talk to him. Ah, time, the great equalizer. I want to say thank you once again to Enrique at Season of Mist for hooking up this talk with Dave Chandler. And as you will hear, this was done by phone. Phones aren't really the medium I like to use for this podcast. I usually like to do it in person or on Skype. I haven't really done any podcasts via phone before, except for that Ian McKay one I did a um, long time ago. But Dave was out on the road, and you kind of get what you can get when a band is on tour. So keep that in mind when you listen. It can get rough at times, quality-wise, but it's all there. This podcast is supported by Blue Mic Microphones and Skull Candy Headphones. They gave me the mics and the headphones to start this thing, so I really appreciate their support. Please leave a rating or a review in the iTunes store because it, it helps the broadcast's profile. Every time you listen, download, or subscribe for free, I might add, iTunes algorithms get bent and flutter, and it works because we ended up in the What's Hot section on iTunes podcasts for some time. So please, if you're liking what you're hearing, 
just please leave a rating. It would be great. Or a review. Thank you very much. Okay, here we go. Dave Chandler from the legendary St. Vitus is this episode's guest on the official Danko Jones podcast. And it starts now. The Danko Jones podcast is the best around. It's better get his Danko school. I'll tell him for free. I'm so glad I like to sometimes. Give me in from fuck to stop playing hang to do. Protocol initiated. Sequencing algorithm interface. The official Danko Jones podcast uploaded. Listen with caution. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready because the Danko Jones podcast starts. Hello, hello, Dave? Yeah, what's up? Hey, man, it's Danko. Yeah, good. Hey, good to hear from you. Good to hear from you, man. It's uh, It's been, um, I think it's been over a year since we last saw each other. Yeah, at the, one of the weird festivals. The, <laughs> the um, uh, Rock in Vienna. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Cool. And uh, I reached out to Enrique, and uh, when uh, I saw that Season of Mist was putting out uh, anything, something new by St. Vitus, uh, I reached out to him, and I thought maybe uh, I could get, a, get get in touch with you to do my podcast, and here you are. Yeah. Um, okay. How's the tour going? <laughs> uh, it's going pretty good. You know, we're only like, uh, I guess we're getting close to halfway through. So, but yeah, it's been pretty cool. Everybody's really digging on Scotty singing and everything. So that's, that's great. Yeah. Well, that was the thing is when I saw your name on the uh, Rock and Vienna tour, uh, Rock and Vienna uh, lineup last year, um, I wasn't sure who was going to show up on vocals and it was Scott who, Scott Riers who showed up. So he's yeah. still in, he's still in the lineup doing, uh, doing the tour. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He's going to be with us, you know, pretty much till he doesn't want to again <laughs> or whatever you know um we're going to probably record some stuff with him next year so oh that's that's great so this will be like the follow-up to the 2012 uh the 2012 album like uh lily f65 yeah cool yeah it'll be but it'll of course it'll be different but because scotty will be singing on it but yeah we got to do something so you know it's been so fucking long we got to put something out so, so as it stands now, uh, Scott Riegers is a, the full-time singer in St. Vitus, right? That's how, yeah. that's how it goes. And, and that's how you guys are proceeding. And, and yeah. that's all cool. Yeah. Okay. That's great, yep. man. That's yeah, great. That was fun. <laughs> um, like the old high school days. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's basically, uh, well, with Mark and, and, and you and Scott, it's pretty much, 
the original St. Vitus touring outfit with Henry on drums, right? Yeah, yep. Exactly. And uh, that was that was pretty much the lineup that um, we saw you guys at Rock in Vienna that last year, that last summer, right? Yeah, yeah. And but this new album on Season of Mist is has Wino on vocals. Am I right? I'm getting confused with who's right. on no, vocals. Yeah. Yeah, because that was we've been trying to um, uh, get a get a second live album out for a long time, and I right. actually wanted to record some stuff, you know, at those festivals with Scotty, so that you know, live volume two would have Riggers on it, so it'd be like two different ones. But right. we didn't, you know, season this couldn't set it up or whatever, and um, so finally, this one friend of ours, he, uh, we were just talking about it, and Michael from Season This is like, you know, I want to do something, want to do something, let's. Maybe we can do the live album David's always been talking about, you know, just to keep interest up. And a friend of ours had a recording from a few years ago with Lino on it that sounds really good. So we're like, oh, fuck that. Let's use this, you know? Yeah. And and uh, I thought when I saw you guys last year with, with Scott, I thought it was an amazing – like, it was amazing. It was seamless. It was an, it was an amazing show that day. Um, uh, cool. Thanks. Yeah. So, I mean, I think – you know whether people you know come see the St. Vitus with Scott Riegers on 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 vocals or Wino on vocals. I mean, you guys are lucky in the sense that you know not a lot of bands can like swap out singers and still have some kind of semblance of of you know consistency. But I mean the the fact that Scott is like kind of the original singer or second singer. Um, yeah. Back in the day, it, it makes sense, but it's I've, it's very rare that I hear of of a band that that kind of swaps out singers seamlessly, and it, the train keeps rolling. Nobody budges, nobody says anything, and <laughs> and it keeps going. Like when I found out that it was Riegers who was on vocals that day, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> there, there's no. Whereas other bands, it would be a huge huge catastrophe if the singer was swapped out you know so yeah I find that pretty unique with you guys well yeah it's 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 and that's cool in the sense too because like when we were the uh with wino over the years we only did like select songs that scotty used to do so now we're doing we're only doing um the only one and you know there's some in the set that wino did but it's like all old Scotty stuff from the first two albums and you know stuff like that. So there's songs that people have never seen before that have seen us a bunch of times, like Zombie Hunger we're playing, and there's people that have seen us 20 times have never seen that song. You know, so it's pretty right. cool. Yeah, and I noticed even on the album, like the the Volume Two album, uh, a, lo a lot of the early songs aren't on there. So that'll be good that you're on yeah. tour for the Volume Two album, but a lot of the live set will be kind of like the flip side or the negative of that. Yeah, basically, yeah, because it, it's it's really there's only I think um, two songs in the set that are not from the like first two albums, basically, and Die Healing. There's uh, two songs from Die Healing also. So there's and, only Born Too Late and and a COD song are the only ones that are not super old. Oh wow, okay. Now is that Scott just insisting on just doing his material, or is it like? Where does that come from? Like he doesn't want to no, venture that's, forward, yeah. or no, that's me. Okay, I always pick. I pick the set lists. 
And I was like, I want to have, I want to, you know, since Scotty's is doing the vocals, I want to focus on the songs that people know him as singing. Like, you know, they can listen to the first album and the Hallowed Victim album. And then, you know, come to the show and see the guy singing those songs the way yeah. they just heard them on the record. So, yeah, that's why mainly why I did that. Plus, you know, the songs that we've been doing with Lionel all the years are kind of a bit worn out now. So this is like a fresh, unique set in a way. Yeah, it's interesting. It's fresh with old material. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that, that's like the whole basis of St. Blythe's right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Um, yeah. But it was cool. Like when we saw each other in, uh, in Vienna and, you know, we kind of exchanged contacts, I reached out to you and I followed the thread of your email address. I don't know how much you can talk about it, but is this what you do when you're not in St. Vitus? Do you do, like, was that the business email that you gave me? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what um yeah, the Herb Import Company is um it's like a health a health um supplement vitamins store and then we have it's like all natural stuff and of course in the back room is a little head shop. But yeah, that's what I do on the um daytime the opening manager Monday through Friday for like the main store and then um then later on in the afternoon I'm like a buyer for like all of the different stores for different things. Everybody kind of does weird different shit. And then my wife and I run a separate company that does um, detox and ear candles. And we've got like, our, we sell that shit on Amazon and stuff. So I'm usually Whoa. pretty fucking busy when I'm at home. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, I was like, when I followed the thread of it, I'm like, wow, this guy's got something totally different going on other than music. And yeah. then, yeah, um, so the ear can ear candling does that help with being a musician and hearing and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I do it every. Usually, I do it before and after a tour, but I I worked right up till the day that we left this time because I had to do a bunch of orders and shit, so I forgot to do it before I left. But I always do it when I get home. Man, you won't believe it. It's like. The first time I did it, I normally would watch the TV on like, you know, 16 or 17 on the volume knob. And, and then I got an ear kettle and then watch it on 10 or 9. And it's, you know, it's, it's incredible what it does. It really wow. works great. Yeah. Uh, great. Uh, our sound man got it done once and he was he was raving about it. And I've always oh, yeah. kind of been a little hesitant to do it because they're my ears. But right. w w what exactly is that? Well, it, it's what it is, is the, the candle is, um, it's a different bases, but it's usually a paraffin base or a beeswax base. And um, it's, it looks like a giant crayon and it's a tube, you know, so it tapers down to a smaller hole, which is what fits in your ear canal. And uh, you lay on your side and, and you have it sticking straight up. And usually what my wife and I do is we make a bowl out of aluminum foil and you, and you, you know, poke a hole in it and you put the candle through that because um, when you stick it in your ear, you get it. You have to hold it really loose. You don't want to smash it. And um, what it does is, is when you light the end of it, the heat, you know, because heat rises and, and it has a sucking motion, it creates a vacuum. And so it just sucks the wax out. It sounds like boiling water when it's doing it, but it doesn't hurt or nothing like that. It just sounds like there's boiling water in your ear. And as it burns down, you cut it off and you have to have some there obviously and the scissors and they cut it off the ash and as it gets so far and maybe like four inches left on it then you're done and then you know if you want to be gross like my wife she cuts it open and looks at all the shit that's in it 
It's amazing <laughs> how much will come out of your ears. Like, good lord, all that was in my fucking ear. Yeah, I've I've never had it fail yet. It's it, it works really good. So what is what is the reasoning before? I understand doing it after a tour or before a tour, but then after, do you notice like so much has accumulated just within the the span of a tour? Well, like you don't really notice it until when you get home and then you do the ear candling and all of a sudden you can, you know, because you're, you know, when you're on tour, you get used to like hearing at the same level of stuff. But when you get home and you clear all that out, all of a sudden everything is, is much louder and brighter and more clear because, you know, but you know, as well as I do, when we play loud, that makes your ears build up uh, protection, which is the wax. And this just sucks it all out because you don't really need that much when you're not playing. Right, right. Yeah, now, what, it's, it's what, fantastic. What, what, okay, so you said you and your wife do uh, ear candling, but what was the other thing that you, you mentioned you guys uh, do? It's, we uh, detox for people who want to clean up. We have a um, uh, shampoo that will clean your hair of all toxins, and we also have pills that you can take that will clean, like, any toxin out of your body. And it's, it's a permanent cleanse. So cool. any, like, crap that's in you, you can take this thing. It takes nine days, and you're fucking clean like a baby and is this a, a mail order thing or is this an actual storefront so you can buy it on amazon and what's the name of your business uh it's called thc it, it stands for uh the herb company oh cool. It's, cool it's all subsidiary of all it's like everything's under the umbrella of the herb import company right we got right. three of those and then we have that business that her and i run and then there's uh, Airbnb that the business runs that people can stay in. And we've got a coffee bar and a vapor room so people can go do the e-cigs. And then inside that, there's a sex shop with all kinds of sex toys. So yeah, there's all kinds of shit going on. And you guys run all of this or partly run well, all of I this? Mean, well, I mean, there's a, you know, it's all a conglomeration of about 30 employees. But, yeah, it's, it's like I take care of certain products for all of the urban all three herb import company stores and all of the products for the THC company that her and I are the only people that do that one. Right. Right. And then other people run the other things and, you know, shit like that. So it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty busy. I had to wow. tell all my vendors. Now my wife's going to be calling you, not me. So <laughs> it's, it's legit. Yeah. Right. Wow, man. That's amazing. And how do you find time? Like the dilemma that a lot of people in bands have is how do you find time to do St. Vitus? Is it full time? Well, no, because we nobody lives near each other. Like right. uh, Mark and Scotty are in California, Henry's in Texas, and you know, and I'm in New Orleans. So, like when I get home from the tour, I don't, I just shut, you know, the music part of me down and um, and get back into the work mode and you know, get all that straightened out, back on even keel, and. Um, and then and when we're going to go out or if we're going to record or something, it's been, um, you know, what, however much time I feel I need, I just um, practice at home against the records. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then we go to Henry's uh, for like a week or so before we go out and do real rehearsals, you know. And so, and I can, um, I basically, as long as I have all my orders done, I can go home at noon if I wanted to. So I could, I could go home and, and practice like all day long before a tour and stuff, which is what usually what I do. You know, I'll try to get all my shit done and get out there as soon as possible. Wow. Uh, I mean, so that's, it's pretty cool. 
Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a pretty. It sounds like a pretty cool setup that you have going, and to be yeah, able to all right. yeah to get Saint Vitus up off the ground. And and I mean, how long has it been that Saint Vitus has now suddenly been not suddenly but has been active? Uh, it, it was before 2012, right? It was like, oh yeah, it was um, like, was it? I think we started oh, doing it full time again in probably about like 2010. 2010. Yeah, because so, we did. Uh, yeah, because it was right after we did. Um, uh, right after Armando passed away was mm-hmm. when we started doing it, and we did Hellfest with Henry. His uh, first show, we did Hellfest 2009. And so right after that is when we just basically started continuing. Right. Because I think I met I met Henry and I met Wino in 2011 at, right. a, at a festival. But I didn't see you there. Yeah, um, I remember that was, I think that was um, Devil's Side, I think. It could have been, or it was in Sweden Maybe or something, or Hellfest, one of those one of those uh, festivals. Yeah. Um, and I was looking for you. I I, I was like, uh, I I wanted to meet you back in 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 2011, and I met right. Wino and I met Henry and it was really cool. Um, but then when I met you in 2015, that kind of was the cherry on top, and I was like, all right, <laughs> cool. cool. <laughs> Doing this podcast is usually a loose conversation that I have with people at home, and I know you're on tour, and I know how it is on tour. Everything's really frantic. And hearing yeah. you talk about this business that you have, I'm wondering, like, wow, he's probably got real shit to do right now. <laughs> no, um, no, actually, I, I already did all my – I already went through all my emails and checked everything. I got a lot of shit done earlier. So that's what I'm wondering is, like, when you're out on tour every day and you said that you could – you could theoretically have all your work done while you're at home before noon. Is that what you do on tour? Right. Yeah, well, um, yeah, because at home between um, 9 a.m. and noon is when I'm actually physically the manager in the store. And so I have to stay there for that time. And then oh, after okay. that is when I go down to my office and do my orders and stuff. Some of them I do from the store um, on the computer there. But, you know, like if I don't have much to do, I can go down to the office and get my orders done in like an hour or something and go home at one o'clock if right. I want to, you know, but on the road, um, cause most of, most of my vendors contact me through the email, just doing, you know, just like you did or whatever. And so I can just, I just check that on the road and I can get back to them if I need to. And I can actually place orders if I need to, cause like certain companies, I know it's exactly the same order every time, give or take a little bit. You know, and I, and I just tell them since I'm not there to give you um, the credit card number from the business, just do a COD check. And so they just send it and it comes in. You know. So I can do all that shit. So oh, far, wow. I've taken care of most of it. I haven't had to do any orders yet, but I got a feeling there's a couple coming up. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Because, you know, like when you're on tour, I wake up and the first thing I got to do is look for a washroom and get, get a coffee and have some breakfast and yeah, <laughs> pretty much until sound check, but yeah, but it seems like you got a lot more now. What was going on from nine, like what was it, ninety five to to two thousand and ten? Were you doing this? This is what you were basically doing. 
Well, no, actually from 95 until, uh, um, I guess, I think it was like, we did the first reunion in, uh, I believe like 2003 or right. something, but all that time, most of most of that time from like 95 to 2000, I wasn't doing anything. I, I didn't, um, most of the time I didn't work. I just stayed at home and I, cause I was like done with everything. I was like, man, fuck this. I didn't even listen to music for like years. I just, you know, and then eventually um, I had to go pick up another job. And I'm, I usually, before that, before I moved out of California, I was like a DJ in strip bars or a bartender. So I just, I was doing that for a little while before uh, um, I moved. And um, in 2000, I started doing Debris Incorporated with Ron from Trouble just to have some fun, you know, to kind of get back into the scene and stuff like that. And right. that's sort of kind of what sparked everything going. Now, did you, so, yeah, I, were you like blown away that in the interim that you were away from music, St. Vitus had achieved a level of like a, I mean, like a, like a legendary status, like this kind of like, you're basically touring on a legacy you know yeah, I mean? it was really fucking weird. I tell you that. It was really, really weird because, you know, because in 95, it's like when we stopped, it was basically, you know, like pissing in the ocean. No one gave a shit at all. No, it was no like, oh, my God, St. Vitus is gone. It's, no, no one couldn't care less. So then when we did the thing, I was like, whoa, this is weird. <laughs> you know, because all of a sudden there was like people from all different age groups were there and they were all like, we were selling out shows where we only have like 20 people in the venue. So I was like, damn, this yeah. is trippy. <laughs> and it was like a lot, I bet the audience was a lot younger too, right? Yeah. And well, then there's, there's the old folks who are bringing their kids right. who are bringing their kids at certain shows. There's sometimes we'll have three generations of a family at a show. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. And how is it with like, how is it with Wino and you guys? Like, is there, I don't want to bring up anything that's, test you or anything but well, is it all cool or yeah i mean it's like we hadn't actually you know talked to each other much or and seen each other since you know the incident back in whatever year it was um uh but last night he came out to the show which totally surprised everybody and it was oh. way cool everybody hung out like everything was normal he got up and did uh born too late with scotty oh and so geez. it was cool yeah. oh yes everybody God. was like yeah you know so I'm catching you at a at a time when probably the the internet is going nuts right now. <laughs> oh, I bet I haven't checked it yet. I, I looked on my Facebook and some guy posted a picture because I did the when him and Scotty were singing. I was like, okay, I'm gonna do the stupid VZ top photo pose. So there's all three of us standing there like mugging like Judas Priest or something, you know. So it does uh, pretty cool. I, some guy posted that on my Facebook, so I haven't checked YouTube yet, but I, I'm sure it's there because when Wino got up on stage. Instead of raising their fist, everyone was holding up their phones. <laughs> so it's <was> well <laughs> <Right>. people. <laughs> yeah. There was no devil horns. It was all AT and T. Right. Right. But yeah, there's, there's no more lighters anymore at shows. It's just the yeah the, the lights from cell phones now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, I looked up. I was like, holy shit. Well, I know this is going to be somewhere. And of course, when we start the song, immediately, I break my E and my A string. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Yeah. So we got to stop the song, right? So I switch out guitars. We turn it back on. Then the amp head starts to fry. So we have to stop it again, 
stretch out and head before we could actually start the song. <laughs> so it was a classic version of it, to say the least. Too much magic, man. Too much yeah. magic. Just the people in the crowd were saying, it's too heavy with both of them up there. <laughs> it's too heavy, man. This moment is too heavy for the stage. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm that glad because I was kind of nervous bringing up Wino with you here because I'm probably yeah. sure you've been getting it all every you know everywhere and I, I i don't like it when people try to try to bring up kind of you know weird you know so i i just wanted touchy to stuff yeah touchy stuff so i just wanted to but that's great that happened last night that's really cool yeah it was really cool because uh, we were all you know of course it was weird and people were like huh, i wonder what's gonna happen but it was fine it was you know it was basically an old friend that you hadn't seen in a couple of years i was like oh that's fucking cool yeah that's great wow Oh, that's super cool, man. Well, I mean, I know that you're 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 um you're on tour, and uh, I know how it is. And I don't want to keep you for for too long. I'm I'm sure soundcheck is uh, starting pretty soon. So yeah, it's going to be relatively soon. They got a they they got everything pretty much set up, and um, you know, there's like I think they're just tweaking mics and all that bullshit right now. You know, yeah, you know how it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, man. But so I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to keep you for too long. I just want to say that it is an honor to have you on the podcast. I'm so Thank glad you. this actually worked out, man. And it was it was so it was so mind blowing to meet you last year. So that was really cool too. So oh nice yeah, to, no nice problem. To man. Talk to you again, man. Oh yeah, I thought it was really great because when um, it was funny when they told me, would you be willing to do an interview with Danko Jones? I'm like, yeah, anytime. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah. Well, Dave, I'll, I won't keep you for long. Have a good show tonight at the Middle East. Cool, man. I'm sure it'll be rammed to the tits, and everybody's going to have a yeah, great time. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. The yeah. bar's already excited. They're like, yeah, man, we're going to make a ton of money tonight. So <laughs> <laughs> You just got to bring that tour to Toronto next time. And Yeah, actually, we we almost we, – we were wow. – we're, Tried to do it, but I yeah. forget what the snafu was. We were going to go up and do like a little couple of the bigger ones, you know, on like on the way back. So, yeah, but yeah I mean, we're going to oh, try. Or or I'll yeah. I'll see you in Vienna again. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I never know. <laughs> or wherever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Dave. Thanks a lot, man. Cool, man. Hey, no problem. Anytime you want to like, you know, just shoot me an email just for the fuck of it. Go for it. You know. Oh yeah, I will totally. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I got your cool. email for sure. That'd be wicked. yeah, and you Thank got my you. number now too. So yeah. Well, okay, yeah, man. Cool. Yeah. All right. I'll, right I'll check you soon. Yeah. Cool, man. Thank you. See you, Dave. All right. Later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.